Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I said, you know, if he doesn't show up, we're wasting our time. And he said, and if he shows up and we don't hear him, we're wasting his time. Wow. Not only do I want him to show up, I want him to speak into my life. And I want to hear everything he's saying. And I want to respond as he speaks to my heart. You've got your Bible this morning. If you will, please take it and find the eight, Luke, the eighth chapter. Luke, the eighth chapter. Thank you for being here. Thank God for the opportunity to come. Pastor Henry, thank you for the privilege of standing in this pulpit. What an honor it is to be at the river of life. You've got your Bible there in front of you. This is a very unique story, very long story. I give you a little bit of the background. Uh, Jesus Christ has come to his disciples. They've been over on the Sea of Galilee on the west side. And he told his disciples on a certain day, and we'll point that out in just a moment, verse 22. Get in the boat. Why are we getting in the boat, Lord? Because I said to. You didn't get that. There are going to be a lot of times in your life when Jesus gets, it tells you, get in the boat with no explanation. And they got in the boat, and they're going to the other side. And the Bible says Jesus got in the front part of the boat and he went down and he was asleep. And while he was asleep, the prince of the power of the air, Satan, tried everything he could to destroy him. He sent a storm out there on the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible says that the boat was filled with water. And having been out on the Gulf several times, I want to tell you it's one thing when your boat's in the water. It's something entirely different when water's in the boat. Say amen right there. (laughs) And the disciples were scared and they woke the Lord up. And immediately our sovereign Lord rebuked the wind and the waves that he made. And they laid down like a wounded pup. And he turned and looked at his disciples. Why are you scared, guys? I wonder sometimes if that's not a message that you and I need to hear. Why are we scared? If he is with us, what cannot we do? What enemy can come against us if truly he is with us? Your Bible says that they landed at the country of the Gadarenes, verse number 26, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to the land, there met him out of the city a certain man, not just any man, but a certain man, which had devils a long time. Say long time. If you're from North Mississippi, you say long time. He wore no clothes. I don't know what it is about people that are under the influence of the devil. They always want to run around naked. You want to stop and preach a while there? And the Bible says, Neither abode abode he in any house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried and he fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake the bands 
has that satanic, supernatural power. And he was kept bound with chains and fetters, but he broke the band. And he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him his name. And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. But, and there was there a, a herd of many swine feeding on the mountains. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them, and thus we have deviled ham. Oh, I'm sorry, that, that's not in yours. Back to the Bible. Then went the devils out of the man, they entered into the swine, and they ran, the herd ran violently down a steep place into a lake, and they were choked or they drowned. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and they went and they told it in the city and in the country. Then they that went out to see what was done came to Jesus. I love this. And they found the man, the devils had departed from him. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Why? Jesus had just done what they were not able to do. The best they could do was bind him with chains. Jesus has set him free. And the Bible says they also which saw it told them by what means he was possessed of the devil was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round her out besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went into the ship and returned back again. Now the man of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. And Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house. Show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way, and he published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Would you pray for me, please? Father God, in Jesus' name, I realize that I am nothing and that you are everything. And God, this morning, if by your choosing, you would choose to use this vessel to speak to the heart of people, may it be all for your honor and all for your glory. I believe there are people here today, Lord, church-going folks under the influence and under the bondage of satanic power. And God, I'm praying in Jesus' name, set the captive free this morning. God, may you speak to us as you've never spoke to us before. And may you, God, may you see your, in, your kingdom increased and your name glorified. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke's gospel is a wonderful gospel. Five times, five being the number of grace in your Bible, if you study Bible numerics, five times someone comes and finds their self at the feet of Jesus. May I say to you that anyone who ever makes that trip, they never stay the same. When you get to his feet, a change is in the process. In fact, so much so that the Bible has much to say about the change that takes place in our heart, in our life, when we, resent, when we surrender ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if, and that is a huge word, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 18, the Apostle Paul speaks about the great transformation that takes place in the life of a believer. As he looks into the Word of God, the mirror of God's Word, he is changed by the Holy Spirit of God from glory to glory into the same image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul writes that the plan of God is for you to be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. How in the world does that happen, preacher? Just one way. You got to find his feet. You got to bow before him who's king of kings and lord of lords and let him speak into your heart. Notice if you will this morning in this wonderful story that is before us about this wonderful transformation that took place that our Lord is a sovereign Lord. In verse number 22 of this chapter, the Bible says that on a certain day, not just any day, Jesus Christ tells his disciples, get into a boat, let's go to the other side. Having reached the other side after a great, going through a great storm, he finds a certain man, not just any man, but a certain man. This is a divine appointment. And as Jesus sees the man, he is a naked man. Verse number 26 and 27. Now, when Jesus looks at this man, he is physically naked, but he's also spiritually naked. This man stands before our Lord as all men stand before our Lord, with all things open and nothing hidden from gaze. In fact, John chapter 2, verse number 25, this is what your Bible said. He needeth not that any would testify of man, because he knows what's in man. He knows every thought. He knows every deed. He knows everything you brought to church with you this morning. I'm not talking about your wife and kids. I'm talking about that innermost being. When we stand before him, he is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knows every reason, everything we did this, this week and every reason behind what we did. And so as this man comes before the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus sees him naked, spiritually, yes, but physically, he sees a man filled with a devil. We have reached a day in our society when we make little of sin. But sin always leads to destruction. Sin always leads to devastation. Sin is like an acid eating away at the very soul of man. And so it was with this man. According to scripture, verse number 39, he at one time had had a home. Perhaps a loving wife, perhaps children that played upon his lap. But somehow sin had came into his life and one sin begat another sin and another sin begat another sin until his whole life was filled with sin. So much so that when Jesus asked the demons their name, they said, we are legion for we are many and his whole life is disrupted. His whole life is turned into turmoil. He who once had a home is now living in the tombstones. He who once had a family and friends is now living among the vultures and the rattlesnakes of a graveyard. He who once perhaps was well thought of and respected in his community, is now all alone. And the only reason is sin. Sin left unconfessed in our life. And the innocent become guilty. And the pure become unpure. And the clean become unclean. And the moral become immoral. And the decent become indecent. And the good become evil such is the nature of sin it divides it destroys it 
conquers until there's nothing left but a man living among tombstones. No wonder Ezekiel said in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse number 20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Someone years ago, and I read this and wrote it down in the flyleaf of my Bible, and I do not know who said it to, to, in its original form, but it has always bared much weight with me. It said, sin's chains are too light to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. Contrary to the picture painted by the world, sin always lowers a person. It never elevates a person. You never get to the place where sin fulfills a fun time. Sin fulfills the desire. Oh no, dear friend, sin only leads to more sin. And sin leads to more sin. Someone has said that a man takes a little part of a sin. Then sin takes a part of another sin. And then ultimately sin takes a man's life. How many homes have been destroyed? How many lives lay in utter ruin today? Because a man or a woman thought, this is not going to hurt me. I'll do this and it'll be okay. Just a little bit of this and everything will be okay. No one will ever know. No one will ever find out. No, this is, this is me and, and it's my business and, and it's my life. Until sin had completely came and dominated the individual. Turn with me, if you will, back in the time to 1864. Lying in a morgue among the nameless dead is the body of a man. A man who has died without home or without close friends. His last hours before being taken to Bellevue Hospital were spent in a hotel room in the Bowery of New York City alone. His last request was for another drink of rum. Yet this is no ordinary man. He's but 37 years old when he dies. This is one who's been educated in the fine boarding schools of his day. He is given to speaking foreign languages. He is a writer of song and called by many the most famous songwriter of the 19th century. He composed songs that numbered over 200 and included Jeannie with the light brown hair, Camp Town Races, Oh Susanna, Way Down Upon the Swanee River, and My Old Kentucky Home. His name? Stephen Foster. How did he get to such a fate? Sin. Sin. Satan always promises the bright lights and the glittering stars. And he always pays off with fool's gold and paste pearls. Oh, how he laughs at those who fall to his charms. The apostle said that, the, the apostle Paul said that we need to be careful that we might escape the snares of the devil, for they are laid all about us on purpose, on intent. To destroy our lives just as this man, life had been destroyed. No family, no home, no future. Just living in a graveyard, waiting on death. Oh, when Jesus saw him, he was a naked man. But when Jesus saved him, hallelujah, 
He was a transformed man, amen? Your Bible talks about this down there in verse 35 and verse number 36. The Bible says, And they also which saw it told them by what means that he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Hallelujah! Then the whole multitude of the country round about the Gadarenes besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and he went back into the ship and returned again. Oh, but God had done a work in his life. He had been healed. No longer sitting there naked. He's clothed. No longer thinking idle thoughts or vain thoughts. He's in his right mind. And of all places, he's seated at the feet of Jesus. Amen. What a transformation when Christ comes into your life. Henry McDaniel wrote it this way. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. This is the same man. Only now because of Christ, he is contented. He is no longer afraid of Satan. He is being conformed into the image of his Savior. Oh, what a difference Jesus makes. Amen. Some sitting here today, you fought that battle with sin only to lose ground. Temptation has given way to action, and now judgment awaits. But Christ can make the difference. Oh, you wouldn't know him. He was 14 years old. He'd been given over to the leadership of some friends who were not really all that friendly. And at their urging and their perhaps peer pressure, he found himself doing that which he would have never done on his own. And at 14 years of age, he heard the sail door shut. 14 years old. And now he stands before you to preach the gospel. Jesus makes the difference. I'm so glad my Bible is filled with wonderful verses about what the blood of Jesus does when it's applied to the life of the individual. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says, therefore God who is all-powerful and has all strength and can do all things. Therefore, God placed upon him the sin of all of us and then placed upon us the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We call that double imputation. Amen. I love what 1 John 1, 7 said. It is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all our sin. I love 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9 where the word of God says if we would but confess our sin, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes! He can. He does. He will. All you've got to do is be willing Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come unto me, though your sins be as scarlet. I will wash you whiter than snow. Come. Come. Oh, when Jesus first saw him, he was a naked man. 
when Jesus saved him, he was a new man. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. When Jesus sent him, he was a needed man. You got your Bible? The Word of God says in this passage of Scripture, verse number 38, verse 36, 38, he says, Now the man of whom the devils were departed besought him, Jesus, that he just might be with him. Isn't that the way it is? I get saved. All I want to do is hang around with Jesus. Amen? I like it. I don't want to go nowhere else. I want to be right here with you, Lord. Let me just be one of the 12 or one of the 500. That's okay with me. Just let me be with you. But that's not the plan of God. The Bible says in verse number 39, Jesus speaking to this man, you need to return to your own house and you need to show how great things God has done unto thee. And he went his way and he published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus has done to him. His desire is to just sit there at the feet of Jesus and just drink in his glory. And Jesus said, oh no son, get up. You got work to do. I came here for a specific reason to set you free that you might go yonder to your home to the people that you know and that you might tell them what great things has happened to you. We quote that scripture all the time, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. And we want to rejoice and say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, and stop reading. But that's not where the chapter stops. I like the Phillips translation. They're putting it up for me. This is what verse 18 says. All this is God's doing, your salvation, your transformation, the new life you have in Christ. All of this is God's doing, for he hath reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Listen, and he has made us agents of reconciliation. God was in Christ personally reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sin against them, and hath commissioned us with the message of reconciliation look look what he says next verse please we are now christ ambassadors as though god were appealing directly to you through us as his personal representatives we say make your peace with god do you understand The old boy that got the devil's throat out of him, he just wanted to hang around the feet of Jesus. Just sat. And a lot of us are like that. We're saved, hallelujah, but we want to sit down. We're just going to wait till Jesus comes. Come on, Lord, come on. That's not the plan of God. He saved you so that you would be serving him, his message to you. And all of you have the same story, but it's different every time. You have a message to tell to all people. You are to go tell them. What great things he has done for you. I was studying this last week, preparing for this message. I ran across this. I want to share it with you. According to a book by Tom Rainer entitled The Unchurched Next Door, a survey was done by the Journal for Scientific Study of Religion. He states that 80% of non-churchgoers would go to church if they were invited by a friend 
Did you hear what I just said? 80%, 8 out of every 10 people said that they would go to church if a friend invited them to go. Same book. They went into the churches. They got what they called active church members. These are people that attend church three out of five times a month. Of the active church members that they surveyed, a simple question was asked. Have you ever invited any of your friends to church? Only 2% of active churchgoers said they had ever invited a friend to church. 80% of the lost world said, hey, if somebody would invite me, I'd probably go down to the River of Life. I've been hearing a lot about that place. If somebody invite me, I'd go down there and check it out. Will you go? No, not me. Will you go? 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 Not me. It's seven. Will you go? No, I'm not going. Ten people, two of them, said that they would go to the 80% and invite them to come in. Do you see a problem? I'm wondering if some of us who claimed to have some wonderful news to tell don't really have any news to tell. Is it possible that somewhere about going to church and getting religion by osmosis and being baptized and all of the other things that we've never really had him show up in power and authority in our life? Somehow in, in the process, oh, well, by the way, don't think I've lost my mind. Jesus said, if it's possible, Satan would deceive the very elect of God. Jesus asked the question. He said, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith upon the earth? That's very possible. People going to church, singing songs, never been saved. That's the only thing I can come up with. Because after what he's done for us, how can we not tell the world that Jesus sets you free? How can we not tell the world that he breaks our chains? How can we not tell the world that what man cannot do in all of his rules and his regulation, Christ can do in liberty and in freedom and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God? How in the world can we not tell our world the only escape from the damnation and death and the destruction of a life given over to the devil is Jesus This day and this hour, the message from the cross is clearer than it's ever been before. Go tell. Go tell. Just as this demon-possessed man was needed, you're needed. 30,000 people in Wakulla County and River of Life, you're to tell them. Well, what about these others? It doesn't matter about these others. River of Life, you're to tell them. 
you were to go in the highways and hedges. You were to compel them to come in that this house may be full. You were the one to carry the message. You were to tell them what Jesus has done for you. If he's done anything for you, if he's cleansed you of your sin, if he's healed you of your sicknesses, if he's raised you up to walk again, then you need to be telling everyone who will listen, Jesus is the answer. So why aren't you? Father God, in Jesus' name, I come before you asking you to do a work in my own heart, God. I want to be a soul winner. God forbid that another week would ever pass by that I would not share the gospel story with anyone. God forbid that I would not be able to share with young people how that Jesus loves them and that he would save them if they would but come unto him. God forbid that after all you've done for me, I get so wrapped up in doing what I want to do that I don't have time to do anything for you. God forbid, break my heart over the lostness of the world that surrounds me. Our heads are bowed, please, our eyes are closed. Sister, if you will. Every time. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.